What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the e-commerce unlocked podcast, where as always, we cut the fluff and discuss the actual strategies and tactics that you can use to implement in your e-commerce business, take it to the next level today. Um, and today is, is an exciting one, isn't it, Emerson? Oh, I'm stoked on this one. This is about the monies. How do you it's make about the, the monies? monies? Yeah. Making the well, monies. It's, it's, the, it's the sexy part of business, right? Making the monies. Well, in reality, what no, we're going to be talking about. sexy part. Sexy part <laughs> is shipping boxes. Now, let me tell you, for the next three hours, we'll be talking about different type of glute corrugated boxes. <laughs> oh my That's God. my idea of it. That's my idea of a dream <laughs> podcast right there. Well, so my question is, why did you all of a sudden get like a hick accent when you started talking about corrugated boxes? <laughs> you ever met a corrugated box salesman? <laughs> they all wear uh, flannel or and uh, wear cowboy boots. <laughs> they don't wear a shirt. They wear overalls. <laughs> Sometimes we, we just talk about boxes. Most people don't think it's sexy, but if you put a Southern accent to it, it's sexy. <laughs> that's you really got to sell it we got to sell it to these people oh man well okay how about we talk about instead of corrugated fluted whatever boxes let's talk about going from a discount brand to a premium brand so kind of laying the, the groundwork emerson what like name off some premium brands and and also some discount brands like what are some that just come to mind we got premium we're going like nothing that i own probably but <laughs> some Gucci. Um, yeah, we got G's uh, Dairy. That's a pretty nice. This uh, mm. is probably a premium ice cream for me, at least. <laughs> it's fun, really good. Okay. You know, when I get when I get great value from Walmart and Jerry's, maybe. But, um, okay, well, I, I feel like that's middle tier. But continue. Probably middle tier. <laughs> I settle for anything with ice cream. Man. Uh, Emerson jumps straight from like Ben and Jerry's or Great Value straight to Gucci. Like, there's <laughs> nothing in between for him. They're pretty close, you know. <laughs> Gucci and Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are probably premium brands. I mean, you got the Lamborghinis kind of thing going on. It was mm -hmm. like uh, Ford versus Lincoln, as like uh, Ford is kind of like the. I, don't know, I think it's kind of interesting the Ford and Lincoln kind of conversation in general. Lincoln's supposed to be like a premium brand. I don't mm -hmm. know anyone that owns a Lincoln unless it's like Lincoln Town Club. But the original plan at least was to be Lincoln was a, a premium brand versus their Ford was they're on the same chassis and everything like that. I was just like Lincoln was gonna be that still one but now I think about it. I don't I haven't seen too many Lincolns around in a while. Well sure I mean I blame blame Ford for that. You know I don't think it's necessarily I, I'd agree. I don't know anybody with a Lincoln. Maybe we just don't run in that crowd but uh but I think the same concept applies I think it's Toyota and Lexus. Um, that same idea, same, like almost exact same, uh, manufacturing, everything just like different name, right? Once, one's the mm -hmm. premium, one's the basic, the more entry level. I think that's a pretty common strategy within the car industry. Yeah. So obviously there's a place for both. I think that's actually a good takeaway from that. Like there's a place for both brands, discount mm -hmm. and premium. What, okay. Going on this, what's the, what's something you think is worth buying? premium for like in your when you go buy something like hey this is significantly cheaper but i want to pay premium for is there something you have on that um well as as you asked that like this is funny we're both cheap when, guys in general we're both pretty cheap <laughs> let's put that up yeah, for so, broad <laughs> this, yeah we are both very cheap so we're, we're maybe not the best to speak about the louis vuittons or the the gucci's <laughs> but i feel like my my threshold is probably similar to yours as far as premium being like these brands that are high price point, but they're not like 
ridiculously high. Like it's still within like mm. a normal salary type of price range, if that makes sense. Um, mm. But when you ask that question of like, why, um, it brought up a, like a memory of mine. It was a, so Emerson and I throwing it back. Emerson and I met in Columbia. We were both doing a service mission for our church. Um, and we both were missionaries down there. And, um, I remember vividly one day we were walking down the streets of Bogota, Colombia, me and my, my companion who was, uh, I think he's Peruvian. And, um, we're just talking more, you know, we're talking, it starts raining, which just happens in Colombia, right? Almost every day in the afternoon. And my, uh, I had bought a, um, an umbrella for like 5,000 pesos, which is like $2 and 50 cents. And, uh, my companion's like, are you sure you want that? And I was like, no, dude, I like, I, it's fine. I just need a, just a quick umbrella and I'll just use this for as long as it lasts. And as like, I opened it up, we walked like a hundred yards and then it broke, like it, the wind blew it. And like, it, it, and he turned to me and says, El barato sale caro. And my, my gringo accent, it basically just means that like what's cheap ends up being expensive. Cause then I had to go buy another one for the, like 10,000 pesos. Um, and was a little five. bit better. <laughs> the, the, another five bucker that probably would have only lasted another, uh, another hundred yards. So, um, and it, it kind of comes down to like the same kind of thought of like, buy it, buy it nice or buy it twice. You know, there are lots of mm -hmm. things when it comes to that. Like, and that's why I would buy from a premium brand. If it's something that I'm like, I don't want to have to buy this again. Um, I, I'll go premium, right? Bags. Mm -hmm. This is a really good one. I remember in college, I had to buy a new backpack every year mm -hmm. because I, you know, I just bought the Jan, not the Jan sports, but like the really cheap ones from Costco It was like 20 bucks and I had some heavy books and it just ripped out the bottom. Um, <laughs> As soon as I like, when I got hired on a Nomadic, I got that nice bag and I'm like, man, this is what it's like. This is great. And I haven't mm -hmm. had to replace the bag since. So, I mean, it really years and years and years and years. Right. So it's, it's yeah. definitely uh, buy it nice or buy it twice is my thought there. Sorry. That was a really long say, answer for a really simple no, question. Wow. What, you, even <laughs> well, you barely answered it. <laughs> barely. That, that had nothing to do with the story you told, but we'll take it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Buy it nice, buy it twice. <laughs> I said, what product do you have that's expensive? And you told me. Oh, I, I, expensive. I, <laughs> I uh, mis misunderstood your question, I guess. <laughs> I thought you asked, why, when would I buy from a uh, premium yeah, brand? No, no, I misunderstood the question. I apologize. Uh, very good. No, I would say for me, like, unexpectedly, I, I, like to buy, I, like, I like to buy expensive sunglasses, but that's the only time I like, I put like Oakley as like a premium, um, sunglasses where I'm, I'll pay like 200 bucks for a good pair of sunglasses, which is mm -hmm. really ironic because I feel like I used to, I, I, I accidentally bought a nice pair of sunglasses. Kind of got tricky. Accidentally? It was, I got swooned in high school, in college. Um, I was working for Nomadic. We were thinking of coming out with sunglasses. So John Jacob told me, hey, go buy some sunglasses. They didn't tell me that, hey, do some market research on it. So I went to Sunglass <laughs> Hut and the chick there was really cute. And was like fine i'll buy these nice uglies or whatever i'm like 200 something bucks like i'll just wear them and then like i'll just buy them and come back and return them later or something like that and do some market research from it and then i never did i was like wow these actually are amazing the girl never called me back but they don't worry about it but super good <laughs> i love like nice polarized ugly glasses like i'll do a big game changer and i haven't lost them which is ironic because i was like oh, i'm gonna lose my sunglasses and for me that's not my personality to buy expensive sunglasses I'll no. stuff all the time. For some reason, 
same pair from college. They're probably mm-hmm. what eight years old now, probably. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, dude, they work. So for me, that somehow it works, and I like them now. I three or four other pair of Oakleys for the Well, I I go with Gooder glasses, and they're like twenty bucks, <laughs> and they're fantastic, actually. Like they're good for they're like mate. Yeah, Gooder G O O D R. Their marketing is I like it crazy. I love it. It's hilarious. It, it, um, it's gooder than anyone else's. I bet it's it's, it's gooder. <laughs> you can tell by their name that they're they're gooder. Um, but no, they have like really cheap stuff. But on a, so this may be outside of our discussion because they have cheap stuff, but it's like pretty good quality. I've really liked it. They're made for like running. Um, was kind of like their niche early on. Um, but the, like they don't bounce. They stay on your head. They're lightweight. They're you know, they're, they're awesome. And so, um, sorry, I, I am kind of getting off on a tangent, but in the end, I want to know, Emerson, what are some things that you'd rather buy discount than premium? Like, when does that make sense? Yeah, for me personally, how much I'm going to use it in the life cycle of it. I mm-hmm. recently changed though a little bit on that. Um, like, for example, food, I used to be like, I'm just going to eat it. I have to I eat because I have to eat, not necessarily for taste. It's like yeah. I wake up you were, in the morning. You were, um, were you doing chili mac with Nate in our uh, yeah. in our um, apartment in college? <laughs> I went and got hamburger helper at the beginning of college with Nate, and it was like ten cents a box. It was dirt. Oh cheap. my gosh! And I bought yeah. like a whole caseload, like probably like fifty boxes of them. Two boxes in, I got sick off of it. And I was like, well, and then like, once you get sick, you can't eat it anymore. You know, you're like, yeah. oh no, now there's a smell hammer. I'm like, dude, I have like four. Power through. So, that's what you do. Um, so me personally, that's what I was. I used to be that way. I've kind of changed. I go back and forth with fashion. Sometimes I'm like, fast fashion is so fast that I'm like, okay, I just want something. I'm going to wear this I'm probably five or 10 times before mm-hmm. I'm like sick of it. And so it's like, I might go a little bit cheaper on that personally on some of those things. Yeah. Um, that's just me personally. I did like for me, like Ben and Jerry's is creamy because me and my ice cream, I can taste a little bit of a difference, but not like a huge amount. Because usually yeah. I like to make milkshakes out of my ice cream in general, or I just <laughs> slap a ton of chocolate sauce on it. And so I was like, whatever, do chocolate anyways. Um, <laughs> it's just an excuse to get so, some chocolate sauce. <laughs> uh, so I think for me, if it's like, how long do I need this to last on something? Um, mm-hmm. I recently changed it. Like, I, I don't mind paying for a nice pair of jeans now. My wife converted me to Madewell. Madewell makes men's jeans and they last forever. I've had a pair of like two going on three. Are they Madewell? There, they're made. Let me show you. You tell me, are these made oh. pretty well or what? <laughs> oh, no. Everybody's oh, yeah. he's, he's going there. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, no, they're made pretty well. So, like, and those are like, I don't know, they're $150 jeans, which. Today isn't crazy, but when I first bought them, I was like, oh, dude, I used to buy the Levi, like, mm-hmm. go to the outlets, buy them for 40 bucks or whatever, which, yeah, they, they, they last that time. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. Th- those are my, my personal ones, probably the same. I can see that. But, yeah. I like that. I, uh, what about, like, there, there are certain things like tools. Like, I'll buy mm-hmm. a more expensive tool so that I don't have to buy yeah. that thing twice. Like, Harbor Freight, I love Harbor Freight. Their, their prices mm-hmm. are great. But there are certain tools I will not buy at Harbor Freight yeah. because it's not going to last. Whereas I'll go and buy the more premium one at Home Depot because I know that thing is going to, it comes with a lifetime warranty. So like I'm, I'm good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great, great analogy on that for sure. Um, so yeah, I think it depends on like, the use case of using it. I probably won't buy, even on some tools, if it's a tool I'm buying for one instance, great. I don't need it to last that long. I'm probably fine with yeah. it being cheaper. If it's a tool I'm going to use all the time, no, I'm not going to do that. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it depends on on use of when you're going to use it, the durability of it, and things like that. Is typically I typically buy the durability um, of how often I'm going to use it, and then I'd say premium. I'm trying to think. There are some things that I do buy because of the brand or the logo of it. Um, <laughs> it's like okay, I'm buying this because it's going to be displayed, and it's like hey, the brand loyal, and you're trying to the value isn't necessarily in the piece; it's in what it is like who made it more than what it is made of, I guess. I think yeah. of some things. I'm trying to give good examples of, of that, but I know there are some things that I will do that for. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that brand, like, no, my, there's also brands. Yeah, that's what I'll say on that. That's what I'll say. Yep, no, that's my answer. <laughs> well said, well said. So I think that lays a good good foundation. Now, like bringing it back to e-com, right? You're, you're building a brand and you're trying to decide, you know, I, I'll say this is probably not a thought that most founders have right off the bat is like, Hey, are we going to be a discount brand or are we going to be a premium brand? It's more like, what do we have to do to make sales? Like that is mm-hmm. the the biggest question. Like I need to make some sales. What do I need to do? And so in that situation, Emerson, like what, what are some tactics that you let's, let's throw you in there. You're starting to see a little traction, but you're trying to grow sales. What do you do? Like what's your knee jerk reaction? Yeah. I think first you have to, first you look at like profitability and like, Hey, what can I, what's, I think most, most founders are saying what's the best margin i can get but be cheaper than the competition i think is most founders first thing it's like hey this notebook is selling for 50 bucks can i sell for 45 or whatever it is and like cool mm-hmm. price is gonna be my my differentiator if that's your differentiator it's what i've kind of depending on the industry stuff it's a race to the bottom typically on pricing that's what most people say it's like hey it's a race to the bottom when you start discounting um and yeah. just become if that's your only value add that's one thing. If you're like, hey, I'm the same quality as this item, but my price is different, and that's the only thing you have, then price to be a race to the bottom. But if you're able to say, hey, I have this quality and this price point, that's a different story. So I think it depends on what you're trying to do with that discount of saying like, hey, am I a value brand? Am I a discount brand? Or am I just a cheap product kind of thing? I would use these, and I think also pricing, and so that's a good question on pricing. I, since I like, love supply chain, I love sourcing. I source some stuff straight from like China Direct. I use Alibaba a lot on some stuff I'm, I'm sourcing. Um, my wife used to uh, start a salon and I source all this stuff for her salon from China directly to save some money on it. But there were some things that I just did not buy from China because it was too cheap. As weird as that sounds. I was just like, this, I just don't think it's quality because it's too cheap. It doesn't make sense. So I was like, I'm going to go this other supplier. I'm going to go this other route just because it's more expensive. It just made me feel like it's going to be better quality. Um, and so I, that's a thing too, that's like, depending on your product and industry, it might be better to be a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. depending on that price point of that item you're, you're having. So maybe it does not hurt you to be a premium and maybe that discounting could hurt you. I know for me on some things like that, it's like, ah, maybe it's too good. Usually it's like, hey, it's too good to be true. It probably is. Um, so I think there's some things to yeah. maybe look at as you're doing the, the pricing mechanism of it. Um, but that's what my thing is, look at your profitability uh, of a product to see where you're gonna discount it. Um, and see where your competitors are at. What, what would you do in that, that situation? Right? So how do you decide what route to go? Honestly, like knee jerk is like, crap, what do I got to do to get more people? And instead of maybe focusing on traffic, like getting more traffic in there, you just like, well, let's just discount it. You know, let's, let's get mm-hmm. some, let's, let's throw some discounts out there. Let's, let's try to get more sales. Um, you know, and I think that's a pretty knee jerk, pretty common thought. Like, oh man, we really need to increase sales. Well, like let, let's do another, another sale. Like, let's just discount it again, or let's discount a little bit more. Um, and we, we kind of get into this, like it's, I've, I've like, I've kind of referred to sales or discounting as like 
a drug. Like it's, it's, it's crack, right? Like once you've tasted it, you're like, man, oh, we need to get sales again. Like we need to hit, you know, this number this month. Well, let's just do another sale. Yeah. And so we run another mm -hmm. sale. We get the sales, like sales go up and, you know, the revenue numbers look better and overall revenue looks good. Our profitability goes down, but that's okay. Cause we're, we're shooting for this top line revenue number typically kind of early off, um, off the cuff with, with earlier businesses. And then it just becomes like this vicious cycle of when like discount, 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 instead of looking at other things, right. Of like, mm -hmm. how do, how do I increase sales? Maybe doing it more in a creative way. Uh, maybe I focus on traffic. Maybe I focus on, you know, certain things, open up different channels, like maybe really pushing on like an affiliate program. All of that takes time. So it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more, gratifying to just turn on a sale and make more sales. Low hanging right? fruit. Yeah. It's low hanging fruit. Like, like I, I know the people are hanging out there. They're on my email list. I just need to convert them and I'll, let me give me a reason. Let me give them a reason to buy. And so it's, it's, it's something that a lot of brands fall into, but there is a time where like, being a premium brand makes sense within certain industries. Like when it comes to milk, like you can't be a premium brand not doing chocolate milk. Emerson and I talked about this earlier. Like, no, dude, there's some really good chocolate milk, but I'm not talking chocolate milk. I'm talking like just straight cereal milk. Like it's going to okay. be hard to be. I have begged to differ. I, I am a milk guy. My peak of life in my twenties, I was drinking almost a gallon of milk. It's disgusting. Milk. I am you not a milk guy. I hate it. I, I cut back to two gallons a week right now. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I went from a whole to non-fat one. Like, 30 pounds, like fully some of that. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyways, that's my thing on milk. But you're right. There are some things where it may not make sense to do it. I mean, yeah, you can maybe be a little bit more premium, um, but you can't be like a, a, a $10 gallon when everybody else is $2.50 yeah, within the commodities sure. area. So there are certain industries where it just doesn't make sense. And you have to kind of decide like, does my industry does it provide for a premium brand? And if not, then, then maybe I need to like figure out how to be a discount brand. But I will say there is a caveat that a brand, like an industry that has no premium probably shows that there is room for a premium brand to, to go in there, but you got to do it right. Like you gotta, you gotta go in there and you have to like, wow people. Like you have to have a killer product, killer marketing, killer website, killer packaging, killer you know, customer service, it's gotta be killer across the board or else it doesn't make sense. Um, or else you, you're you just need to justify it. You, yeah. You, I think you there's a lot of brands. It. There's a lot of brands I think that want to be premium. And I think the only thing premium is, is that we're higher priced. And that doesn't, that's not, <laughs> that's not premium. That's just a high priced item, <laughs> I guess on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, as much as you don't want to uh, admit it, like when you go to some of these premium brands, like if you do go, like, I think like the standard, like if you've held a Louis Vuitton, bag you can actually like it does feel different for sure and yeah. my personal belief like i still would not justify paying that um but i could see why i like hey you can't tell like a difference on some of these things and that's what you have to do is on, like on these premium products like why are you charging that premium and kind of we talked about in a previous in our episode of like woo, like woocommerce for shopify woocommerce is a free platform shopify you're going to pay for you might say shopify is a premium on that but there's services added to yeah. it so you're fine paying that so i think as you're doing these, these premiums, um, if you're looking more for a premium, it's like, it's more of a value add. It's like, what is the, 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 the premium experience you're providing to that, 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 that customer, um, that you can justify those, those prices for. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think a lot of people, 
a lot of brands actually find themselves like it's easier to be discount than it is to be premium, like hundred percent way easier. And like we use the term discount, like to be a discount brand, like you don't have to be like the dollar store. Like we're not talking dollar store discount. Like we're talking, we're talking like just a brand where somebody's not going to buy it unless there's a deal. Like I would consider that a discount brand. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I know these guys run sales often enough. I'm just going to wait till the next sale. So I, I never buy anything um, full price. Kohl's, perfect example. Never buy anything mm-hmm. full price at Kohl's. Hobby Lobby, don't do it because never. it's going to be 50% off next month. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's just like you're now beholden to this drug of doing a discount. And so I kind of want to talk about like, what does it take to go from doing discounts and people waiting for those discounts uh, to going to, I would consider maybe on the other side, a premium brand being somebody who like, they don't need to discount because they don't need to, like, they don't, they don't want to, they don't do it, you know? And, and, uh, the, their customers know that they don't run many sales or if at all. And so they're just going to buy full price. And so that's kind of my definition of like premium versus discount. So Emerson, from your perspective, what does it take to go from discount to premium? Discount to premium. I think there has to be that value to it. I think it's, I want to say scarcity of it, but you kind of have to have that scarcity uh, to a degree of like, okay, mm-hmm. either I can only buy this at this certain location, this website, like you're shopping somewhere else and you can't find it somewhere else. So you're like, okay, like I'm kind of locked into buying this specific feature, this specific thing or whatever it is um, to this price. So even if you're like omni-channel, it's like, hey, even though I can buy it on Amazon, I can buy it on their website, I can buy it at Walmart or whatever it is, or you have the MSRP mapping of it and it's like it's staying there and it's not like cool i'm gonna wait for this to go um, on a deal somewhere else like like you said so i think you have to have that integrity on it and you have to have that value there to justify again um trying to think of of an example of um uh of of that but basically it's like yeah you know you can't get it on a a discount somewhere else i i've I've tried to do that on some things um, where you try to apply a coupon or whatever. I wait for a sale on a certain like retailer. And then it's like, Hey, this whole sales, but except for this one item, then I'm like, dang, dude, I thought that was going to go on sale and did it. And then I ended up just buying this stuff. I'm like, okay, like it's the only one, even though it's a little bit more, I'll still pay that extra. Cause I'm like, I really wanted that one. And the competitor had a cheaper price on it, but mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to go with because it was, it's what I wanted. Well, Apple's a good example of this. They don't discount. Like <laughs> I've actually seen more discounts recently, um, but Almost, but it's on specific items, right? And I noticed mm-hmm. um, at our local grocery store, this was probably five, six years ago, they did like a, hey, you can buy an iPad and get like $100 off an iPad. But the way they did it is they gave you a $100 gift card when you bought an iPad. Because mm-hmm. they technically, like per their like rules, they couldn't discount the iPad. But they're like, hey, we'll give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> Come and buy it, we'll mm-hmm. give you a hundred bucks. And so um, it was kind of their way around it. Uh, but, and, and it worked for them, but at the same time, like Apple doesn't allow that. And so it's kind of one of those things that it's like, I'm going to buy an iPhone no matter what. And I just, I'm not going to yeah. wait because it's not going on sale. And so, which side note, did you hear that Tesla did a Black Friday sale? Uh, no. Yeah. They I was listening. Did I, did I miss it? There, there, no. <laughs> Did I miss it? No, there was a dude that uh, went to go buy a, te- he bought a Tesla the like two or three days before Black Friday. And uh, he didn't go to the dealership. He like ordered it and then it went on sale. And so he's like, called him. I was like, dude, like, price match it, please. And they're like, no, we're, we can't price match it. And he's like, well, then cancel my order. I'm like, okay. And then he just placed the order <laughs> again. Like it's, that was dumb. But in the end, like that seemed weird that they did Black Friday sale, to be honest, like a little, that little, is little weird. But uh, for us in e-com, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but there are brands like Peak Design. They only do 
discount mm-hmm. like one time a year. And that's like pretty well known there. You, you know, these brands where they don't discount. And so you're going to buy their product full price. And yeah, maybe they'll do 10% at black Friday, but that's it. And so they, but they've set that expectation. And so mm-hmm. I've, I've had to experience this going from a, uh, going from a discount brand, quote unquote, like my definition of discount, where we're running a lot of sales to being a brand that no longer does any sales. Like kind of looking at the difference between the two and the process that we that we kind of experienced, I would say was, so in one year we did a discount, oh, I think we did like 21 sales, like almost two a month was kind of our average. Um, I calculated it out. And so we kind of at that point decided like COVID hit and we decided like, no, we really, we need to make some sales. We've got a ton of inventory. So we started discounting and we did 21 different sales in that first year after COVID. And then we got to a point where like, no, we need to get back to being a premium brand and not doing as many discounts. And so the next year, it literally took us over a year to retrain our customers to not be looking for the discount. Like it, it took a full year and we went from like 21 discounts or, or, or promos or sales in one year down to like seven or maybe it was five and then less than that after that. So it, it, it takes, I would say, okay, here, here's my, my strategy or my formula for, for uh, going from premium or from discount to premium. You ready? Here, throw it at me. All right. So first you got to decide, is it good for your brand? Like, is this your industry, your product? It, can you go premium? And if you can, if it's a, like a weird industry, like go all in, right? Can, can you actually execute on it? Second is you, you've got to be different than others, right? You, you can't just like do what everybody else is doing and expect to charge more. It's got to be different. Um, you set the expectation with your brand or with your customers to let them know that like, I've seen brands do this. Like we only do one sale a year. This is our only sale of the year. Only sale of the year. This is the only time you're getting this discount. I'd set those expectations so that like customers are aware. And then uh, you got to put in the work because it takes time. Like it's it's not going to be like an overnight thing. Like, okay, okay, today we woke up and we're a premium brand. It's going to take, I would say at least a year before your customers are like, oh, okay. So they don't do sales anymore. Um, so it's going to take some time. What would you add to that list, Jefferson? I think taking taking back on your last point about putting the work, um, when you charge a premium, like you said, your customers are going to expect that premium outcome. I was uh, consulting a company and they are trying to go premium, but they haven't like improved their quality on it. They basically have mm. like, I'll probably put like a C grade product charging an A product price on it. And yeah. their items keep like warping and dealing and stuff like that. And people are like, dude, what the heck? Like this is like, I'm paying a couple hundred bucks for this item and it sucks, honestly. So their expectations, yeah. like, hey, I would expect this as an Amazon knockoff kind of product or something like that. Like, okay, cool. Like, I got cheap, whatever. It's like, no, there's, like, the most expensive option, and it sucks. And that's going to kill you with, like, your reviews and your growth and mm-hmm. your marketing on that. Because all those comments are going to be, like, people get pissed in those situations. Like, hey, I bought this. The customer service didn't live up to it. The product didn't live up to it. Whatever it was, that expectation to charge that premium price or how it was marketed to be premium. And if it's not meeting that expectation, that's going to hurt you. So make sure you have the support. And which are in the product itself and the support staff itself, um, make sure that that can, can go for it. There's a, again, everyone want, I think everyone likes the idea of being a premium product. It, it sounds sexy. It sounds cool. Um, but you also can price yourself out of it. There's, a, and I also understand like as small startups, you, you have a higher percentage overhead, most likely than some of these bigger companies. There was a, there was a drink company, they had a, a good like powder drink. I thought it was pretty decent, but like it's like triple the price of like any other like drink, like a crystal light kind of thing. 
And I'm like, I just can't justify it. I'm like, hey, it's it's good. Maybe I'm just like, maybe I'm like their target demographic, but I'm like, I don't think it's like three times as good as a crystal light, which I get at the same time. Like crystal lights probably produce like millions of packets a year. And these guys are doing a couple thousand or whatever. So you're for unit cost is going to be a bit different. So you just have to make your profit. I understand that, but it's like, you got to be able to justify it some way or another. Like what's well, the huge, huge value. I want just a little bit, maybe a little bit better, not the same as a crystal light packet. Um, so make sure, yeah, you can justify, you put the work in to make it have that, that experience. Same thing as well. Bought my kid a um, uh, or a car, a driving car, or whatever I can drive around last year for Christmas, and it was top dollar. And it came without one of the axles in the the packaging, and it was like a nightmare to get a new axle. And I was like, dude, never buying from these little toy company again, whatever. Just like that take me off. So I'm like, hey, and then I, I should have done a better job looking at the reviews on it. I just saw it, I thought it was a cool truck and bought it for him. And then I was like, oh, all these reviews are like, no, it's terrible. I was like, oh, frick, I was the guy that fell into not looking at reviews on this item. Um, but yeah, that definitely can, can, can affect your brain. I was like, yep, it's such a, such a pain to pay that price for this experience. You know? So make sure you have the support for it. Yeah, it's it's got to be a long-term play as well. Like you may not yeah. grow as fast as a premium brand. Maybe you will. Like every industry is different. Um, and depending on how much you dump into it. Right. But, uh, it, it's a long-term play. And if you go premium and if you like have, you know, you put your money where your mouth is essentially. And like you create the product, you create the support and the service and the experience, then people will come back again and again. I just bought from a brand. I've been buying from a brand for the past couple of years. Luckily they have a warranty that's decent. And like, that's why I've kind of stayed with them, but like their marketing's really great and that's what got me but then their product is like eh, it's okay like i'd give it a b maybe to b minus their packaging's an f you know <laughs> but it's just like the whole experience is not not congruent across the board and so i feel no yeah. loyalty to this brand and as soon as my my thing breaks i'll probably go to the next one you know and, and it's not covered yeah. under warranty then i'll go to the next brand see if they're any better uh, but you know the, on the face value they looked premium but they're not so it's like you got to mm -hmm. put your money where your mouth is when you're a premium brand and i think there are lots of brands like that that do it very very well like i mean you and i both worked for nomadic i feel like they did a great job being a premium brand Mm -hmm. and uh putting their money where their mouth is having a great warranty great service that kind of thing i know customers still had issues and, and difficulties and whatever but you know they they did their best and uh but they, they do their best i act like they're in the past mm -hmm. but um but it's it's the same thing there are lots and lots of brands out there peak design's another great one um we do we talk a lot about bags because we were in the industry for a while uh <laughs> now that i realize that i'm just kind of listing up bag companies but um but no it, it's definitely it has to be a strategic move um and and going from discount to a, a premium brand takes time takes work it's it has to be intentional and you another side note like you can make more money like your conversion rates can go up when you charge more like i i see this for myself on amazon i'll go look at a few different products i'm not going to buy the cheapest one because it's probably shipping from China and it's crap and it's not going to work, but then I'll, I won't buy the most expensive, but I'm going to definitely buy one that's maybe makes me feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I've done that many, many times. I don't buy the cheapest one because I know I, I, you know, you buy it nice or you buy it twice. And there's sometimes when I will pay, you know, 30, 40, 50% more for a product because I'm, I feel more comfortable based off of the reviews, based off of the images and, you know, just the overall, vibe that i get from the company that i'm going to be taking care of because it's definitely worth it yep no totally agree 
So if uh, we missed anything in this uh, analysis of going from pr uh, discount to premium, let us know. We want to hear from you guys um, and, you know, get your, your thoughts and your feedback on, on how to do this. And so another thing that we'll probably hit in a, in a future episode is other types of discounts or offers that you can do without discounting your product or becoming a discounting brand. So offers that don't turn you into a discounting brand. That's going to be an upcoming episode, um, but definitely fits within this conversation as well. But that uh, that's everything for today. That's the pod. We'll see you on the next one.